Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 160, an introduction to the Garden Series Part 2. Hello, welcome. I'm your host, Lori Krieg, and I am with my favorite licensed therapist, Argyle Expert, and my husband, Matt Krieg. Matt, welcome. Hi. Hey, by the way, Argyle Expert, why do we call him that? It's because he wears Argyle, because he's a nerd. An adorable nerd. But he's not really an expert in all things Argyle, but we'll just say he is, because that's your intro. But we also have the most professional radio voice among us, producer Steve. Hi, guys. Hey, and we call him the most professional voice because he is. <laughs> okay, guys, before we get rolling today, I just want to invite you to rate and review the podcast if you appreciate what we got going on here and you'd like others to find it. Thank you. And hit up the uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get it. I don't know. Google it and then uh, find the ways you can rate and review. It just means a ton. And we do read them and they're very encouraging and they do help others find us. Okay, we are excited. It's part two of our series. If you guys missed last week, we're going to do a little bit of a recap uh, on this new garden series as we're unpacking this oneness mountain, which if you guys haven't read our book, An Impossible Marriage, that's uh, chapter five is where we intro it and we keep unpacking it throughout the book. But we really, with this series, wanted to put some more legs on it. Um, Our friends, some of our friends who've read our book, they're like, I think that's your second book that you guys need to unpack that. So I'm not making any promises. We're just trying to uh, explore this metaphor that we believe God gave us and share it with you all. And today, the focus of an unpacking the oneness mountain and the gardens of relating is to take it really practical and how Matt and I actually use this in our real lives and how we're learning to like help it to be the framework with which we see our real lives. Uh, Before we dive back in and do a little review from last week, I wanted to hit the question of the week from last week. (laughs) Which this might be my favorite question like we've ever done. Here it is. If you were a potato, how would you like to be cooked? And what's to say about your personality? I added that on when I asked people. Matt, I'm throwing it to you first as per usual. Potato. Potato. Yeah. Hey. Does anyone Uh, actually say potato? Probably not in the United States and the West Mm. Michigan. Um, Yeah, I really liked what Mark had to say on Facebook. He said, out of a potato cannon, so I can leave this world with a boom. (laughs) Not exactly a cooked potato, but it's amazing. Just do it. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, And I would say, for myself, I would say potatoes are gratin Mm. because I'm cheesy. All right. I don't know. Uh, you are a bit, but not really. No, I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of he things. He can be pretty. Cheesy. I can he be can. pretty cheesy. Yeah, you. But can be. I guess Matt, maybe mashed potatoes because they can be very cheesy, but they don't have to be. There it is. And they're just they're comforting. Great. They're great, and you can put bacon in them. And <laughs> I can put bacon in me. <laughs> Huzzah! Found it. Okay, Steve. Mm-hmm. Shifting. Uh, yep. I loved this comment. My name is Amy and I'm from Houston, Texas. I'd like to be French fries because they're fun and everybody likes them. And I can be a little salty in the sassy sense of the word, not angry and bitter. Yes, love it. Um, For myself, I thought about couch potato first, but then I was like, (laughs) you don't cook those, do you? And your question specifically had to do with how you cook the potato. Mm. So... And also, that's a little too on the nose for me. Um, <laughs> so I went with the baked because 
I love wrapping myself in tinfoil. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I do like the idea of like just sitting in heat, like a sauna. It's very relaxing. Plus, I'm pretty easygoing. Whatever you throw at me, whatever kind of topping you want to put on there, whether it's chives or bacon bits, sour cream, or just maybe just a pat of butter, I'll roll with whatever. So I went with baked. Steve butters himself. <laughs> Okay. Never gets baked. <laughs> I like this uh, from Jake. Or you asked if uh, if I were a potato, how I would like to be cooked, and what this says about my personality. And I would just like to say that if I were a potato, uh, how I'm cooked says less about my personality than the fact that I'm actually a sweet potato. So. I they just somehow the way you wrote it and said it it made me. Uh, feel like the same warm fuzzies I get watching a Pixar movie where you're like, I'm wiping away a tear and I'm laughing and I feel warmth in my heart. So I just liked that answer. Thanks, Jake. I would go with, I think, sweet potato fries because, A, you're never really sure what you're going to dip them in. So they're a little like, hmm? (laughs) (laughs) Is it ketchup? I need an aioli, but here I am sitting in my house and I just dumped the Costco bag on a pan and but baked it at 4.25. Um, so it's, you know, they're good. They're a little healthy and you're kind of sometimes annoyed by that and you don't know what it goes with all the time. So I feel like that's kind of my personality. It's like, huh, all right, it's good. <laughs> okay, now that I've mm-hmm. done a self-assessment yep. <laughs> of how I feel about myself in this moment. Via here. potato. Via mm-hmm. potato. Still, I really think this ranks highly. Don't you guys think? Oh, as far yes. as questions oh, it's of the week. Yeah. It's a good one. Sadly, we are taking a break from questions of the week for this series. I know. But I wanted to really be able to dive in with our guests. Uh, and there's just a lot of, um, I think, explain some splaining to do. Who's mm-hmm. that? Ricky Ricardo. Ricky Ricardo. Um, that we're going to do at the beginning of each episode so that we can really dive in deeply. So, sorry, question of the week. You're taking a little break. But we're not taking a break from our garden series. So, Matt, can you, before we even dive into, you know, uh, why we're doing this necessarily, can you just help us understand, we've said the word garden already at least 10 times, um, help us understand what's the garden series and, and where did it develop from? Why are we talking about this? Yeah, so the garden metaphor, the garden series, this is all about what we call the gardens of relating. Um, and this is something that we developed as we were having a conversation in our kitchen about how we break down our lives in to, I guess, more tangible ways that we can talk about them because so much of life, it's like all of life is terrible or all of life is great. And it's like, no, there, there is nuance there. And we were really trying to answer the question, what is oneness mm-hmm. or what is true intimacy? When we were having issues with physical intimacy, we, it really forced the question, what is what is even life and <laughs> who are we who yeah. are we and what is oneness is it yeah. just this you know climax of sex or are there other areas how we yeah. can feel intimacy yeah and so to look at and this came out of our our desire to to look at oneness more holistically rather than as this kind of just fade to black sex yeah. And it's like, what the heck? Then I look at single people. I'm always, I always single people listening. I always have you in my mind. She always singles you out. <laughs> no, I, 
<laughs> I always pair you with us because I'm like, okay, well, if that's the ultimate form of intimacy, then what about single people? Help me understand. Okay, so we're sitting in our kitchen, chatting away, looking at, oh, life has lots of different aspects. Mm-hmm. Help us understand the different aspects or what we call gardens. So, yeah, the, the seven gardens of relating are, are intellectual, the way we think about things, uh, our physical garden, our physical body, um, emotional garden, our feelings, th- thoughts, um, spiritual, social stewardship, which is how we, how we utilize the resources that God has gifted us with, our talents, our possessions, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then our family garden, the way that we direct our family and interact on a family level. Um, and we see these seven gardens of relating as on a mountain. And how we said it last week, there's like, if the body of Christ picture like a gingerbread man and you zoom in on the toe and there's like a cell there and that's Matt and I, and it's like a cell is actually a mountain with these seven gardens on it. And Matt and I are living there on the mountain with our seven gardens of relating. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to figure out how to garden these things together. And why is it a garden? Because we are called as believers to bear much fruit. So we want to have each of these places as healthy and as growing and as full as possible so that we can bear much fruit and not just eat it for ourselves, although that's not none of it, but to toss it down the mountain. It's on a plane. It's moving down in order to feed back into uh, the body of Christ. Like it says in Ephesians that God uh, puts all the parts of the body together and each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So we want to, uh, Matt and I are on the same mountain because we're married, but if you're single, you're on your own mountain. (gasps) But there are mount, there's a mountain range around you. Uh, you have a community around you that we're not so good at as the church. We all know that. So, Matt, we're throwing another layer into this whole thing. Guys, there mm-hmm. are pictures of what we're talking about on uh, LoriCreek.com, And you can just click on the podcast episode page 160 uh, or 159. We also had it there. Um, but, Matt, we talk a lot about core needs. First of all, what are core needs? And mm-hmm. all right, I guess I'm grasping this, you know, concept, you know, zoom in on body Christ. It's actually like you guys on this little cell there on the toe mm-hmm. of a mountain. You got these gardens, you got to cultivate them. What, what are you talking about core needs? So, so core needs are, are good God given needs that have been instilled in us um, to direct us into proper relationship with him, but also to direct us into relationship with one another. And, and so those were things that were created in the beginning. These are not signs of weakness. These are not signs of, of imperfection. This, this is a thing that, that God has created us with and created us for. And so we're talking about things like to be affirmed, overwhelmingly approved of, to be desired, to be included and loved and nurtured. Things like purpose and rest to be delighted in, to be protected, to be noticed and seen. This won't be the first time our audience hears this list. Again, it's in our Impossible Marriage book. It's also in our Journey Well study, also on our site. And we've mm-hmm. talked, we've done a whole series on core needs. Mm-hmm. So, and we also have this list. If you uh, want to read more, we'll have that on the site as well. Again, lauriecreek.com, episode 160. Matt, mm-hmm. how do they factor into this picture though? So, so, and that's the beautiful thing. Okay, every garden will will need water it needs nutrition it needs something to be added to it in order to allow that fruit that we're trying to cultivate to grow and and so the beautiful thing about water if you think about it like 
it's it's all from God. If you imagine yeah. the Holy Spirit being like the rain that he, well, the Holy Spirit sends rain on the, the wicked and the righteous alike, all of this originates with God. And so when we talk about our needs, ultimately God is the origination, the source that we can meet those needs with. However, he also puts people and, and relationship in our lives to be kind of conduits, to be, to be avenues that his reign mm-hmm. comes to us. So they can have like a little rain. I'm, what is that called? <laughs> what am I doing with my hands? A, a pail? Watering pail? Watering can. Wow. <laughs> okay. So they can pour onto our gardens as well. But where did that water come from? It didn't come from. Yeah, they know, didn't create it. No. I was going to say that it's spit into it. Hopefully <laughs> they're pouring it onto your garden. But it's all. So if we picture the mountain, all these seven different gardens, again, you can find a picture of it on our site. Uh, you picture see the rain coming down that's from the Holy Spirit and it's gardening these places uh, or it's filling up these places. It's grabbing the nutrients and going back down the mountain. Uh, and we each other, we can have our own watering cans and uh you know, pass the water along. Um, but Matt, we talked last week. Mm-hmm. So wait, so those are, we call them core needs streams. Mm-hmm. And so from God, so it's like, maybe there's like in each of the seven gardens, I'm going to do math. So bear with 70. me guys. <laughs> don't, don't skip to the answer. Ten, seven gardens. In each of them, there's 10 streams that come from God with each of the needs. So, ah, this need to be included flows through the garden, need to be loved and nurtured and purposed and rested. So each one gets received from God Mm -hmm. and goes through each garden and filters back down as it picks up the nutrients. But Mm -hmm. Matt, you know, let's say you and I are hanging out in the the social garden and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not feeling very seen or noticed. You know, let's say we're hanging out with some friends and there's, there's a barricade. Maybe you're talking over me. I cannot even imagine this happening, but let's say you're talking dare over, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> over me um, and I'm not feeling very seen or noticed. So it's not a matter of God's noticing me mm-hmm. isn't coming down the mountain. It's that there's a barrier. So let's talk about some of those barriers. So uh, we have actually four and last week we just talked about three, but I did want to add in that fourth one. But Matt, will you start with rocks so let's picture ourselves in the social garden hanging out maybe mm-hmm. we're on a date maybe we're on a double date i got like my 1950s shoulders going on if you guys are watching the video right now because i don't know why matt help me uh rocks can you start with rocks that might be a barrier from mm-hmm. me receiving um cultivating fruit or receiving mm-hmm. some of this feeling noticed from God while we're hanging out in the social garden. Yeah. yeah. So, so the rocks would be the, the sins that were done to us, the things that were placed in our lives by other people or effects of the fall. They are unchosen things. They are, um, I mean, they're rocks, so they are very, very sturdy. It's not something that you just like pick up and move around. In a- so let's throw it into the example real quick. So let's say we're hanging out, double date, you and me, I'm not feeling noticed. And you may actually not be running over me with your words. You are actually trying your best. But I have a rock in my life called, I don't ever feel seen by anyone in a group because my dad didn't notice me and my mom. And this is just, I haven't grieved it. This is not my real life. Just sharing this. Um, But I'm just, I have this rock in my life of this pain from my parents. 
And so I'm just crossing my Mm -hmm. arms, at least inside, because I don't feel seen and noticed. That would be a rock, right? Yes, because that is something that happened to you. It was instilled in you. Um, And then you react to it as opposed to something that you are actively choosing. Okay, next up, weeds. Weeds, how would that look? What's that? What is it? And how might that look in our imaginary situation? Yeah, so, so weeds are, are kind of our own tendencies, our own sin tendencies, the things that we will typically choose to run to. I mean, we don't necessarily choose that thing that we are tempted with, but we're choosing to pursue them or not. Mm. Um, so the things that we have a choice, whether we engage in are our sin tendencies. So it could be, it could be lust. It could be like the consumption of, of things, the acquisition of things, greed. It can be, um, you know, all sorts of ways that this can go, but we have our kind of our tendencies that we have an active ability to choose or not choose to pursue, but, but they are the weeds that might continually have to, to be like plucked out of the garden. So in our scenario, double date, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm feeling unseen by you, Matt, as a man, because my dad didn't notice me. So that rock's still hanging out there. Well, I'm going to start trying to catch the eye of someone else in the room so that I can feel seen. And it's not, I mean, are we going to get into the nuance of, is God seeing me through that person? I mean, if it's sin, it's not going to be really from God, but Let's just say I'm doing that. I'm just trying to get that need met in my own little corner over here uh, by this person over here looking and seeing me and noticing me. Mm -hmm. Or you brought your own special variety of weeds into, you hear how I'm trying to add the S? Yeah, the S, yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Into uh, our marriage mountain, our oneness mountain uh, Mm -hmm. in this garden. And so again, you may run over me. You may be adding in your own issues any ideas or examples that you might throw in there matt i mean are, are you saying in that scenario, in that scenario of, of, yeah of me running over you um i mean it could be something where i am i am posturing i am trying to gain the attention of the people we're with or or just wanting to like the need to be heard yeah. or or the the need to be affirmed and so i'm gonna talk over everyone and get the laugh and 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 make sure that i'm the focus of attention so i'm feeling unseen i have yes this rock in my life in this area and then matt maybe you you have your own rock your knees are bumping into invisible mm-hmm. but we're still uh maybe the real life is in the garden but mm-hmm. we're living in the matrix life with these friends if you're under uh, 20 years old you don't know the matrix but likely uh but you would be bumping into let's say you're dad would only pay attention to you if you were, you know, self-aggrandizing and you were really loud. And so you're bumping into that. Mm-hmm. You're cutting, you're not really feeling affirmed. You're, I'm feeling cut off. You can imagine that after this double date, that was supposed to be this awesome social garden cultivating moment. We're in pain and maybe don't even mm-hmm. know why. All right, let's talk about mold. So, so mold is is kind of the stuff that festers it's the stuff that will grow in the dark um if left unchecked and this is this is one of the ways that that the enemy really likes to play on our circumstance um so it could be something where out of this interaction on the double date like if if both of us are feeling somewhat angsty if you're feeling like i didn't see you when i'm feeling like well you didn't laugh enough at my jokes and you seemed a little bit standoffish or, or whatever, um, that if left unchecked, that can, that can grow like seeds of, of bitterness 
like that, that moment of bitterness, resentment toward one another, or just like the, okay, I'm going to cloister myself off and I'm just going to stew in this dark space. And it can also be where lies grow up there, mm-hmm. right? Like they lies just make it worse. And mm-hmm. so it's like, well, Matt never will love me. So instead of on the way home, you know, in a kind way, hey, Matt, I felt this when you blah. And Lori, mm-hmm. well, I've not even well. I felt this when you blah, which that in our impossible marriage workshops we do, we talk about how to, to communicate that way. But if we um, are unwilling to see, okay, here we are, we're supposed to be having this fun time, but we're bumping into our past. We didn't realize it. Uh, we're inadvertently, you know, with our mm-hmm. weeds, with our sin tendencies, we're choosing self. And then we're cutting off the. I don't want to say we're cutting off the ability for us to feel God's need meeting in us because that's putting too much power on the other person, Mm -hmm. but we're not helping. We're not Mm -hmm. helping each other. Um, So ideally we'd have a conversation on the car ride home. Hey, when you did this, it made me feel this to be able to clarify and really kind of get a sense of what was really going on. Oh man, Mm -hmm. well, I was just really feeling triggered. You're seeming just like my dad. Well, you were just like my mom. Okay. Well, let's not do that. The last uh, area is a broken fence. What's that, Matt? Well, if you are married, um, there is a fence that goes up around the mountain saying that this relationship that we have on this mountain is different and and set apart. And so the the broken fence would be a covenant break. It would be hopping off of that mountain or inviting someone else into that space to kind of usurp, to take the space that, that your spouse has has God in your life. Or if you're single that God has in your mm-hmm. life. You know, if I'm always thinking this when I'm having conversations with other people in my world, uh, but they're called to celibacy and singleness, you know, they'll joke about or say things, oh man, that person's so cute. I'm just gonna flirt a little bit. It feels so good. I I don't have an exact answer, but I do have a question to that is well, if you're married to Jesus is that okay? Like to, to do that flirting, especially with someone that you're like genuinely attracted to and they're someone of the same sex or like to do this kind of like, it sounds like hanging out with lust. I just mm-hmm. am asking the question, like if I can't do it in my marriage, cause it'd be definitely violating mm-hmm. my marriage to Matt. I guess I'm just asking the question, can single people like, is that cool? Like are you, are we married? Like I'm married to Jesus too, but you're married to Jesus too. But I, I like, I have this covenant thing. I'm just asking the question. So covenant break. And that might look like in our double date, what I was doing in my mind, like, Oh, I'm just going to catch that person's eye. I'm going to whatever, let anything happen in my heart. That's just where I'm isolating. It's like, Mm -hmm. I break off uh, the broken fence. I break the covenant fence off of our, around our mountain. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm just going to hang out over here by, well, and and I would I would honestly go maybe even a step further and say, okay, if if Ephesians five, you know, two becoming one flesh, if that is the oneness representation that we are supposed to represent the oneness between Christ and the church, this covenant break can also be anything that detracts from that oneness. Ooh. You know, and so that could be that could be sitting in in fantasy. Uh, like even if you're not actively seeking out, you know, relationship with someone that could be, that could be sitting and saying, well, I'm not going to get that here. So I'm just going to withdraw into my own little fantasy world where I can have my stuff and I can take care of myself and I can watch my sports and I can read so my romance be, novels. It doesn't have to be necessarily even lustful. It's yeah. just lust not is one oneness. Avenue. 
Lust is one of our one of the avenues that we can break that. It could be, um, and we'll we'll get into this maybe if we go directly. Well, here, how about we jump into the uh, the stewardship garden? Okay. If if let's say we have a goal and we've prayed about it and we've set like okay my a financial goal, goal. A financial goal like that hey we want to pay off this amount of debt or we want to um, save for whatever kids college or you know even as a single person if you are saying I want to do a, the same thing it could be a broken covenant for someone to go and to secretly get fast food on the way home or to you know spend. $20 more than what the limit was on that pair of jeans or, or, or something because that is saying, oh, well, I hear what we chose, but I am actually going to do this because this is what I want. Ouch. And I, I again, uh, we were talking before recording, what this metaphor does is it puts a framework and language to what we intrinsically feel. And so when I think about that, Matt, when you or I have been like, okay, we got a budget, we got to save. And then it's like, what's that Amazon package? You're like, mm-hmm, we needed it. Did you? <laughs> you know, but not even just that moment, but inside it just feels like, I shouldn't have done that. Or if as a single person, you know, you do the same thing. You're like, okay, I've committed to saving this much money. I'm, you know, I have my communities holding me to it and me and the Lord decided this. And then you break it. Then it's like, ah, Th- that intrinsic uh, is that covenant break is that it's not oneness. And that's what this whole oneness mountain is, this unity. Ideally, if you're married, it's you and Jesus and your spouse, y'all are working in community. All right, look, this one needs it. You guys are synchronized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same if you're a single person, it's like you're here and you and Jesus have this conversation and you are working together to produce much fruit. Okay, uh, I still have a lot of stuff we still have to go over. So I am going to probably throw some of this up on the episode page, but I'm going to summarize the next bit of it and then we'll dive deep into a portion. So I want to go through how we use this in our single or singular self. So whether or not you're single and your marital status or just as a married person as yourself, We need to regularly assess these areas of our life. We need to assess and then engage. So what I mean by that is, again, we're probably already intrinsically doing this. Singular assessment with the capital G Gardner might be called your quiet time. Now, here's a way, and Matt, maybe we'll end up writing like a, I don't know, a journal or something where you could go through this. That might be a good idea. Um, But to go through each garden. So here's how it might sound. This is the assessment part as a singular human being. How am I doing in the social garden? Like just kind of thinking through your own self. Am I hanging out with other people in the mountain range around me? And, And am I having fun with God? Intellectual. Are you learning about him? You know, it's so interesting because you can think about different people. Uh, maybe you know that like really emphasize the mind and studying with God. And you might uh, pish posh them and you might emphasize, <laughs> Matt's doing a face that's his more <laughs> emphasis. Or, you know, people who, you know, with the Lord, they're really just lamenting and emotional with the Lord. Neither's better. 
these are just both areas we got to cultivate with him. So to go through that, the physical, how are you doing in your physical self? Are you inviting him into running with him? That's what I like to do. I like to, I'm like, I got to go run with Jesus, which taps for me, like the emotional garden and spiritual for sure. Uh, Emotional just talked about stewardship. How is it going? How are you using your time, gifts, and talents and money? Family garden, praying through your actual family, seeing God as father, seeing others as your siblings, spiritual, that kind of goes without saying, but like, how are you cultivating your spiritual life, reading the Bible, um, devotions, prayer? Uh, And so go through those and then ask God, where are we producing fruit? What areas uh, need to produce more fruit? And then again, this might be in your this is like quiet time ultimate. It seems like, so maybe there's a pared down version on the regular for your 15 minute or whatever you're doing. But like, even with the Lord, again, singularly looking at you and God assessing these areas of your life, but then core needs asking, what do I need God? And are you, are you seeing him as the need meter? Maybe going through the needs list and, and just feeling with him, sitting with him, And then the third place, so we talked about thinking through the gardens with him, working the gardens, assessing them with him, assessing the core needs, and then asking him what barriers are in place. This is huge. Ooh, this is so search my heart and know me. Point out any ways that are, uh, you know, in violation between Mm -hmm. you and me. Sorry, I'm paraphrasing the psalmist, David. Um, The rocks, weeds, mold, broken fence. Ah, I feel like I need to do this as I read it. So singularly as single people or as singularly as in our marriage, going through those three areas. So that's the assessment Mm -hmm. of our oneness mountain in each of these gardens. Then there's the engagement of the oneness mountain. That is when you are on mission. You know, you are volunteering and you're activating these different areas, the physical garden, the emotional, the spiritual, or giving to others or in your job. It's this, how can you increase intimacy is another word we could use for oneness with the father in your life. Then you come back and you assess. (laughs) So there's the engagement and the assessment. Okay. Uh, I'm moving on to married selves. Those areas that I just talked about assessing, you're probably not going to pull out a checklist or your spouse is going to leave the table. Not you just saying maybe a little intimidated, but if I, maybe even before you go on your date night, which I really encourage that even right now in COVID in Michigan, we have been shut down for no less than 17 years. Okay. So we've been (laughs) shut down for so long. No restaurants are open unless you want to sit outside and it's 10 degrees outside. That's not going to happen. But Matt and I, we really try to check in once a week in a home date. Well, after this, usually after the podcast, we're going to go get pizza somewhere and we'll go home and chat. And it's not going to be this intense. But if before you even meet, (laughs) Matt's saying, thank you, Jesus. You just think, okay, if you think, man, I'm mad at them. I don't really feel close. Instead of just staying there and being like, well, I don't know, I'm just mad, you're stupid. Maybe go through this list and think, okay, which area is feeling depleted? Which area is hurting right now between us? Where don't I feel close? And then think about, okay, is it a need that's not being met? Oh, maybe it's this. Oh, are there barriers? Is it me? Is it, I don't know exactly. That will help so much if you come with like a, sort of close diagnosis, like, hey, this is what's hurting. Again, your tone matters, how you say it. Uh, But instead of like, I don't know, I just don't feel close. I don't know. Let's, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Matt, as a dude, stereotypically, we women can 
run emotional circles around you. If I was to come with to you and be like, hey, this is, you know, I'm not really feeling close and didn't start it with we need to talk. Um, what was like, Hey, here's what I'm seeing. Um, how would that make you feel? I, I well, a, um, a couple of things. A, I'm always scared. Okay. Emotionally. I'm always like, Oh no, what's happening? <laughs> anytime, anytime talking happens. <laughs> anytime the talking happens, I'm a little <laughs> bit nervous. Um, no, but I, I think starting it and, and having, a, a tangible thing like, hey, I'm not feeling close. Here is why mm. is is helpful, because mm. if I'm look like, let's say I am feeling close and I'm like, yeah, we've played games the last couple of nights and we've had people over and blah, blah, blah. And all this kind you of smacked stuff. smacked my butt and, and in the I, kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> like you hugged me and smacked my butt in the kitchen. And it's like and it's like I'm feeling great. But because my focus might not naturally be on that emotional garden or on that intellectual garden or stewardship, whichever one, to have a way of saying, like, I'm not feeling close here. Oh, yeah. Because that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I'm not feeling close at all or our whole relationship is terrible. It's just, I need to tend this garden. I need you to tend this garden with me. Yes. And, and so it, it becomes much more of, a, of an inviting, like, hey, I would like to talk because I want to develop closeness, not we need to talk because I need to tell you how terrible you are. Okay. And light bulb. Remember Kurt Thompson back in the day, mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of months ago, we had him on at the beginning of the season and he said those words. He said, if in your life you are focused on the problem, your brain. So he's a neuro neurologist. I yes. don't know. He's an MD in the, of the brainular area. And <laughs> he said, uh, your brain's just going to shut down. It's going to go to fight or flight. It's just going to be like, no, I don't want to talk about this. But if you focus on what you can cultivate together, that lights up a whole different area of your brain and you want to engage. And so, guys, if if you as a couple or as an inv individual with your friends, you just keep slamming your head into mm -hmm. these impossible areas of, um, man, I just don't know why we're not connecting, but it's we just can't diagnose it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Try this. Just try. Try and put your life into these different sections. And, and Matt, I love that you highlighted that because I know in conversations between us, that's something you've brought up is you're like, it feels like you're saying our whole life is garbage. And I'm like, oh, no, it's just over here. But I haven't even had that language until the last year when mm -hmm. God gave us this vision. Yeah. And, and I want to jump in and emphasize this is something that married people, obviously, we are explaining kind of how that has happened in our marriage. Um, but single people, you can do this to yourself hmm. where if you are looking at your life and your needs and, and, and sometimes it's like you get into your head like that you need to berate yourself to be better huh. and be focused on the problem. Like, well, why can't you take care of your finances? Why are you always making this mistake? Oh, stupid, stupid. And it's much more helpful to have like this invitational grace filled approach even to yourself. To just say, okay, you know what? I, yeah, I messed that up, but hey, here's the reason I'm getting back up. Here's the reason I am on this budget. Here's the reason I'm taking care of myself physically. Here's the reason that it's important for me to identify my emotions. I'm what was that, Matt? What did you say? You that it's important for me to identify my emotions yeah. because they're there. 
And I'm not supposed to be stoic to them. I'm not supposed to just be passive and wait for them to all be sunshine and roses. Like that doesn't happen. Mm. It takes work. I love it. So I'm going to briefly hit the second part of this. And Matt, I'm so glad that you are bringing up single people too, who are equally valuable and uh, God calls people to singleness. Um, But in this married subhead, Mm -hmm. uh, so we just talked about assessing and then the engagement of the oneness mountain. So we're doing this all the time. It's called Saturday morning. If you guys have a weekend, it's what do you want to do today? (laughs) Intrinsically, we are assessing inside without this map, without thinking about it, areas that feel weak, feel Mm -hmm. overgrown, that we haven't cultivated. You know, well, I would love to see a movie. Why? Because you need some fun, you know, and you could probably dive into the core need of that. Maybe it's rest inside the social garden or, you know, I really need the emotional. I would love to connect with you. I just love to have a good conversation, get some coffee. So the emotional garden would love to feel seen. So um, I just think it's just helpful for me to have language so that when we run into moments in our marriage, in our friendships, in ourselves, our walk with God, Matt, I know you and I have skirted out of a fight when um, I don't, I think we're talking about what we're going to do in the weekend. And you're like, well, I think that we need to blah, blah, blah. All I heard was you don't love me. And it was that you were hanging out in the stewardship garden and a brother wanted to save money. And I'm like, but I want to go with, I'm in the social garden screaming over for you. Please come play with me. And why does money matter so much? Why can't you spend it all on me and mun diamonds and gold? No, I'm kidding. I'm not that girl, but maybe sometimes I am. Okay. But I, I, I remember distinctly, we just stopped and I was like, wait a minute, you're in the stewardship garden, aren't you? You're like, mm-hmm, I want to save money. And I was like, well, I'm in the social garden. And then I said, are you, will you be willing to come play with me in the social garden this weekend? And you're like, okay. (laughs) But there's times where it's vice versa, where I'm like, yep, Mm -hmm. you're right. We did agree to that spending whatever limit. So, all right, we'll do that. Is there another way we could also cultivate this social garden? Okay. Last area I want to talk about very briefly, and maybe this is more just to highlight I don't know, maybe just throw questions out to you guys, the listeners, just how does this work with the church? Like, this is honestly where my mind has gone. And even thinking about this podcast episode is I'm like, okay, as a single person to be so one with God that you are like, where are you cultivating God? Where are you moving? Not so that you can just hang out in your lush, beautiful oneness mountain with God. Not that it's not that, but it's not only that. It's that so you can bear much fruit and so that you can pour it back into um, the body of Christ and so that you can activate each garden as you're on mission and serving God. Then if God's called you to marriage, you got your own rocks and weeds and seeds and defaults toward covenant break, and then you're trying to cultivate it together. Truly, guys, verily, verily, I say unto thee, I'm like, this picture has given me such a sense of why marriage is so stinking hard. And then also at the same time, why singleness is so stinking hard, because that could be lonely. Like I always got mad on the mountain with me, which is great. But I always got mad on the mountain with me, which can be hard. (laughs) And vice versa, right, Matt? But then you think about John 17, where Jesus says, may they be one just Mm -hmm. as you and I are one. And then you look around, you're like, like literally, I mean, we're barely hanging on here. You kidding Mm -hmm. me as myself or with me and my spells. And I'm supposed to be like 
the three, me and Matt and Jesus working together and then, oh, okay, we have this community around us and we're all bearing fruit together in this synchronized mm-hmm. way. Are you kidding me? So I think, again, we need assessment. How are we doing as a church? And then we need engagement. Are we activating this oneness where we're bearing much fruit? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, in my community, I don't think we're doing so hot. Uh, we got some work to do. We got some good, great work. But I'm saying the church in general, we got some mm-hmm. work to do. I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts on that. I'd like to hear if there are any places where you guys are really right now, right in Rona life. Uh, how's it going uh, with your cultivating oneness as a church? We don't have a question of the week, but I would like to hear your response on that. Matt, I know you had maybe at least a thought or two that you wanted to add to this. Please go. Yes. And actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought up, uh, you know, Rona, you brought up the pandemic, because this is something that I feel like I've been having conversations with people a lot recently, especially those that are single, is loneliness. Oh, boy. So, so just, and, and if you were taking the, the garden language, when I hear the word loneliness, I immediately think of the core need belonging yep. and, and oftentimes or included or included. Yeah. To, to be included, to belong. Um, and, and I will often tie that to, okay, especially in this social garden. Oh, and, boy. and so here we are, we're at this place where we have needs that are in seeming conflict with one another, the need to belong, the need to be included and the need for safety. Ooh. They need to be protected. And, yeah. and Explain, here we are. Explain the safety one. Why? Oh, because we are of Rona. In the pandemic where it's like this high emphasis on safety, on, on, on protection, on like, hey, we need to be uh, stewards of, of how we handle our interactions with one another. We don't want to, you know, spread the virus. Like, but it has to be balanced in the fact that like there are people who are desperately, desperately isolated. And as a church... We, we can't just go willy-nilly either way. We, we have to hold these two things as both intrinsic needs to be protected. We don't just say, hey, mask off, everyone. We're going to play lick tag. No, it, we're not doing that. But we also can't just say, hey, and, and for the sake of protecting everyone, no one will ever have any gatherings whatsoever with people because... It'll die. It, yeah, it, it, the, that, that whole like social garden, that, that need to be included, to be a part of the body. The first time something was not good in this world was when God said it is not good for man to be alone. Yeah. And so there is a high weight to that inclusion, to that just belonging together, to that interaction. And so I think we as a church need to do better at being creative and being willing within the bounds of safety, like not, not to just throw that away again, but, but to be cultivating and opening up spaces, especially for single people who have been feeling more of the effects of isolation than most married people. Um, yes. Because they don't have people that they're necessarily coming home to. Mm. And, and we need to be a body. And so I, I guess my, my call, my challenge is be the body, allow even if it means like, hey, masking up, trying to sit apart, but, you know, inviting someone into your home and, and being present with them. I love it. 
Guys, do you have any thoughts, any questions on this? Uh, any thoughts on what Matt's saying on this challenge? How have you done that uh, to invite people to hold intention that need to be both safe and to belong? And then, too, to let us know any any churches that are doing well, any church communities. And I don't know. It's so hard. I feel so bad for pastors right now. But maybe your church has shifted. Maybe it's more small group focused. I'm very curious about that. So let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Guys, if you want to learn more about this, keep listening to the series. Uh, We're not going to keep necessarily going back to the metaphor itself that Matt and I unpacked because our guests don't know it. (laughs) but they are going to help us understand what we're going to do as we unpack each, you know, next week we're launching the physical garden. We're going to talk through uh, how that relates to ourselves, our personal selves with us and God, uh, if we are married and then too with our church community. So we're going to keep going through that. Um, But if you like this, if this is interesting to you, just let us know and maybe we'll do more of a series on it, Matt, just more examples, more unpacking how this works in real life. Because as we teach it, we're learning it too. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, we're so grateful for you guys. Again, if you appreciate what we're doing here, don't forget to rate and review. And for all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast, guys, Lord willing, we're going to see you next week.